Welcome back to Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm your host, Pat Renwick. Ryan Popcorn Whitaker, right here to my right. And uh, and right now, we are, uh, we are pretty stoked uh, to have this dude taking some time out of his busy life to come hang out with us knuckleheads. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Scott Martin. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What up? Hey. What up? What's going on, Scott? Well, I'm doing a little vacation with the family. We're over here in Sarasota at a friend's place and uh, just enjoying a little bit of downtime. I haven't had much of it uh, so far this year. We've been on the road traveling and filming every just about every single day, so it feels good to kind of put the fishing rods up for just a short bit and relax a little bit. Nice. You're, do- you're doing a little uh, a little West Coast strutting, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got, you absolutely. Got, West Coast of Florida. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> a- a- absolutely, man. A- a- you know, hey, you know, first off, man, you know, coming at us from uh, from spring break, we uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I want to get that off off of the off of the cuff right away, dude, because I know you made this happen and and we do appreciate that. Uh, but oh, yeah, no problem. You, you know, uh, TV star. He's a YouTube star. He's won about three million bucks. He's been uh, he, he's a Forestwood Cup champion. He's an yes. FLW AOI. Um, Eighteen years as a pro. That's pretty cool, dude. And everybody knows that about Scott Martin. You know, <laughs> I mean, we do, we do. But you know what? I don't know about Scott Martin. I don't. What's that? I don't know about growing up, Scott Martin. That's what I don't know. I, I, we're going to entitle this episode <clears throat> "Growing Up Scott Martin." Okay. I like it. I, okay. I need to do a YouTube video on that. Growing up, <laughs> Scott good. Martin. Yes, and, and make sure yeah. I just trademarked it, so you have to give me credit. You got to give Pat Renwick credit on that, Scott. <laughs> I'll tag you in it. No thank problem. you, thank you very much. I appreciate that. But you know, I mean, dude, it's um, I mean, everybody knows that that you're you're Roland's boy, dude, and and you've certainly you've certainly um made your own name and and with all due respect you you may have surpassed at this day and age your father's popularity um which is which is a pretty cool deal you know it's a tall order it's a very tall order (laughs) those are tall shoes to fill right right there but i i just want to know what it's like to grow up scott martin i mean when did you first turn into a bass fishing freak scott well, the story the story goes when I was about two years old, maybe even a little younger than that. My my dad took me out shiner fishing, and uh, the big bass hit this shiner, and he handed me this big giant rod with big Abu Garcia, one of those big sixty five hundreds, you know, the big gigantic <laughs> yeah. reels. Yeah, back in those big round reels, you know. And at at, a, at a little less than two years old, he handed me the rod and uh, and just sat back and watched, and I reeled that thing all the way into the boat and. Uh, Got it to the side of the boat, and it was about a, I don't know, eight or nine pound bass, and he just let me try to get it in the boat. So I just drug the whole rod and 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 drug the fish up into the boat, just like the most unorthodox way is, you know, imagine a toddler basically dragging <laughs> this fish over the gunnel of the boat, and it fell down on the floor of the boat and flopped around everywhere, and I started screaming and crying, and it was the most terrifying thing ever. And my dad thought for a minute that it might have just ruined me from bass fishing because this thing finned me in the leg. It was tail slapping me everywhere. <laughs> and uh, he laughed and thought, oh, my gosh, maybe this was a bad idea. But but I, I think it had a lasting impression on me. So, you know, growing up, I always uh, always enjoyed fishing. You know, we, we moved down to Florida when I was about five years old from Oklahoma. And uh, we, we, set our, we set our roots in the little town of Cluiston right there on the shores of Lake Mississippi. And uh, started building the marina, 
And, uh, and so growing up, you know, as a, as a kid, I would spend my afternoons after school down at the marina with my mom. And she basically ran the cash register and, and uh, I'd play in the cricket box and <laughs> play with all the minnows and, and, uh, and just kind of running around like a, like a crazy kid would do at seven, eight, nine, ten years old, playing with all the fish in the tanks. And, and, uh, so I, you know, at an early age, I just, uh, fish were an everyday part of my life, you know, and, and fishing in the outdoors. So, you know, from there, I, I pretty much, uh, started getting involved in, in, uh, you know, some fishing on my own at, at a pretty early age at 11, 12 years old. I remember, you know, kind of getting a little John boat and kind of putting around the, the little canal there in front of the marina and fishing a little bit. And, and then from there, I, I started bass fishing a little bit more and started venturing farther out in the lake at 13 and 14 years old. And, and then I fished my first tournament at 15 and, uh, and, you know, most people would think you'd fish your first tournament with, with a, with an adult, you know, you would, you would probably fish your, most people would fish their first tournament with a, with an adult of some sort. And, and sure. I didn't, I fished my first bass tournament with another friend of mine that was 14 and, nice. and the tournament, the tournament organization said, well, you know, legally we can't, if you win any money, we can't give you money cause you're too young, you know? And so <laughs> there's no 1099 there, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. My mom stepped in and says, uh, if, if they want any money, you just, you just give me the money and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll sign off on it. So nice. my first tournament with another 14 year old kid, a good friend of mine, Jimmy Carruthers. And, uh, we went out and we, we placed third and, uh, I, it was funny cause back then I rode skateboards and raced dirt bikes yeah. and I had, I looked like Joe Dirt. You know, I had a lion and mullet. It was crazy. You raised yeah. some, you raised some cane in, in Clouston as a teenager. I know, oh, yeah. I know you oh, did. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, we, we were, we were riding swamp buggies and driving airboats at, at an early age. And so there I come up the stage with, with our first bag of tournament fish at 14 and looking like Joe Dirt. And we ended up third place in that tournament and <laughs> won a couple hundred bucks. So I thought that was pretty cool. And Heck, from yeah. there, you know, just kind of, kind of started, you know, started focusing a little bit on fishing and, I wasn't real sure what I wanted to do is if I wanted to get into the in the marina business. You know, I've always had a kind of an entrepreneur type mentality. You know, I always wanted to try to do something a little different and on my own. And so I was kind of back and forth on tournaments. And if I wanted to do tournaments or if I wanted to focus more on the marina side of things. And so growing up, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, I started fishing a little bit more tournaments and also working at the marina guiding a little bit. I took my first guide trip at 15 taking people out on Lake Okeechobee and, wow. and, uh, you know, from there, I just, <clears throat> just kind of started getting into the fishing a little bit more and started seeing that I really liked it and really enjoyed it. You know, uh, I think a lot of people, the misconception a lot of people have is that they probably think that I grew up fishing with my dad every day, probably like a lot of people have, but unfortunately with my dad, he was, he was as, as, you know, as busy as I am now sure. uh, when I was a kid and he was gone, you know, he was gone, you know, weeks and weeks at a time. And so I, believe it or not, I didn't get to fish with my dad as much as people would think, and which I think helped me, you know, it, 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 it stinks because I really would like to have a lot more memories of me and my dad going fishing. And I'm not saying we didn't go fishing, but I didn't fish with him all the time. He didn't take me out there and show me everything I need to be doing. I kind of learned it on my own, which in a way... Oh, you know, in the long run helped me because, you know, I started making decisions on my own at, at, a, at an early age on tournament fishing and how to fish and how to approach bass and, and read the water and, and, 
And so that's how I kind of got into it. You Definitely know? helped you. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's yeah. no doubt about it that you, you, it molded you into your own angler. Yeah, I've always wanted to do things kind of on my own, you know, so as I kind of got into fishing, uh, started looking at doing some tournaments and stuff. I, I wanted to go out and get my own sponsors and make my own contacts and do my own thing. You know, I didn't, I didn't call my dad up and said, hey, call, call Mercury and, you know, see if they want to sponsor right. me. I didn't do any of that. You know, I actually went to Evan Root. Right, right, <laughs> you know, right. So I yeah. kind of <laughs> did, I kind of did my own, I wanted to do it my own way. I didn't want people thinking that, you know, hey, you only have these, these partnerships with uh, these companies because your dad gave them a phone call or something. And so that's I, a, well, and that was a rebel against the grain. You got to rebel a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it worked out. It yeah. worked out well for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I mean, Scott. But did yeah. you have access? Like as a young kid, we're talking, you know, ten, twelve years old. You probably had access to some some pretty awesome tackle, though, didn't you? Did your dad leave some stuff behind in the garage? I did. I, I used to. I used to go in there, and you know, he would give me all of his broken rods and broken reels, and I'd go in there and play with them and fix them up a little bit, you know, and glue tips on them, and you know, make make tips out of uh, paper clips and all kind of different things, you know. So <laughs> nice. it was it was fun. Yeah, it was cool. A funny story, though. A quick funny story was was uh, my dad went out of town for a a business trip. One, uh, I was about sixteen. He went out of town on a big business trip for about a week, and so all of his good stuff was there at the house. And <laughs> they would, he would let me take his he would let me take his boat out, you know, a little bit. And and uh, I took I took the boat out. Well, actually, I had this old boat; it was mine. And uh, any long story short, I was running down the rim canal and and I hit a wave, kind of funny, and the boat kind of spun around like a three sixty, like a jet ski, and it <laughs> it threw all my dad's really good Shimano stuff. Oh yeah, the, the old Bantam Magnum all, lights. Yep, they threw them out. Oh yeah, they all sunk. They all sunk to the bottom of the lake. <laughs> and uh, tackle box, the only thing I got back was a tackle box. It floated on the top of the water. You know those old tackle boxes that had the, like the three levels that would fold out different ways? The you know? possum oh, yeah. bellies, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. So that's the only thing I got back, but about ten of my dad's best tournament rods are still sitting on the bottom of Lake Okeechobee somewhere. I went out there for the next three or four days with snag hooks and trying to <laughs> trying to retrieve them and never could find them so <laughs> he, he wasn't real happy about that but uh did you but, get grounded uh, yeah, scott did, or no know, did, what's that did you get grounded no no he, he didn't get too upset with me you know it, it's all it's like i told my kids nowadays i said look if you're if you're out using one of the boats and you're using some equipment and something happens you know, I'm not going to be mad at you. If you're doing something stupid, then I might be a little upset. But sure. as long as you're doing everything you were supposed to be doing and accidents happen, that's what I think molds you into a, a responsible outdoorsman. A- absolutely. Yeah, learn it, learn it early, no doubt, as it sounds like you did. Now, I mean, did you – I know your dad had, had amazing sponsors, and you already yeah. you already explained how you found your own sponsors, and, and that's great. And did, did you like did – ever? did you ever actually fish that helicopter lure? Oh, I did. I, I, a funny, another funny story. So they had the helicopter lure came out, and uh, and so a friend of mine and I were in this in this tournament. Art Ferguson. Art Ferguson's a longtime bass pro. He's been around forever. Of course, like Sinclair. Yep. Art Ferguson. Everybody knows Art. So Art and I were in a in a in a team championship tournament on Lake Okeechobee in the fall, and we went out that morning, and we'd been catching them on buzz baits, and we went out that morning, and we're throwing our buzz baits in the grass, and and none of the fish were biting. You could see them blowing up on shad. And we were confused on what to do because we just couldn't get them to bite our buzz bait. And and Art made a comment that I have a I have a pack of the helicopter lures here. I wonder if that would work. Kind of kiddingly. <laughs> and so he did have a pack in the boat, and we rigged them up. 
and we caught all of our fish and, and all of our good fish that we weighed in in the course of two days, finished third in the tournament on the helicopter lure. Yes. It, it so happens. The helicopter lure really works. Dude, I caught a 10-3 in Boca Raton, Florida on the helicopter lure. No way. Uh, no true, way. Story. Wow. true story. True story. True oh, story. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. we're doing this Facebook oh, yeah. Live thing, Scott, and um, we got some uh, questions from some of your fans. Are, are, are you ready for a little mm-hmm. question? Sure. Hey, JP, who's, who's on the horn there? What, what's up, Scott? We got a... Uh... First of all, it's Jeff Baffa, and he says hello. Oh, tell him dragon grass. That, and that's tell his him question. Say dragon He's, grass. <laughs> he says, "Ask Scott yes. about dragon grass." What is that? Oh, that's funny. Jeff Baffa was a was a, or he is a good friend of mine. Lives up uh, up north, up around Chicago, and him and I were at uh, yep. Kissimmee Lake practicing for an FLW tour tournament, and we got on this pattern where these fish were so shallow. This is the best practice I've, I've ever had in my life. We're literally catching 20 to 25 pounds, to even 30-pound bags a day in practice in different areas of the lake, not even trying to. It was the most unbelievable thing. And Jeff would throw his – we were throwing, like, uh, little swim baits and, and little horny toads and stuff. We were throwing them all the way up in this flooded cow pasture. Anywhere we found a, found a flooded cow pasture <laughs> with grass, like regular cow grass. All It's all like a foot deep. We're bouncing our frogs off the back of, of cows. That's awesome. And reeling it by cows, and five and six and seven pound bass were blowing up on them, and 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 so we called it dragon grass. That was our code because we were dragging our baits through the grass, and it was like this weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, and I would have won the tournament, but a big cold front hit dropped to thirty something degrees, and those fish left the shallows. Ended up getting a check, but if it would have stayed warm, Jeff will agree. I would have blown the tournament away. It was so shallow, you had to put your trolling motor all the way as high as you could get, and your boat would be on the bottom. Wow. And the, how we, we kept watching, everybody would pull out in the afternoons. If we didn't see somebody's trolling motor jacked all the way up to the highest it could go, we knew they weren't doing what we were doing. <laughs> and there wasn't anybody we saw with the trolling motor as high as it could go. And, uh, and that was a dragon grass pattern. The dragon grass pattern and, and fishing uh-huh. off of the cows. Did you ever go cow tipping the in The dragon Houston? pasture. No, we didn't. No, we were cow tipping now. We were, we were bouncing our baits off the back of cows. I'm not kidding. It was hilarious. <laughs> I used to do the same thing. We, we, the, skipped, uh, we skipped horny toes underneath cows and caught five pounds. It was unbelievable. <laughs> That's outstanding. JP, anything else going up on the Facebook? Uh, we got one from uh, Alfredo that says, Ask Scott about the spinner worm. The spinner worm? What is the spinner worm? Oh, the spinner worm. Yeah, the, spin- the spinner worm is we've been we've really been focusing heavily on our YouTube channel and my camera guy, Brandon, he knows nothing about fishing, nothing at all. He's never fished until he met me. He started fishing a little bit. And so he has no idea what things are called, what colors are called or anything. So every a few videos, we, we, we kind of put Brandon on the spot, and we would say to him, what's this called? You know, what's this color? <laughs> and he would come up with the craziest names ever. And so he rigged up a spinnerbait one day. With a gigantic trick worm, all threaded up, all crooked and poorly looking, crazy looking thing. <laughs> wow. Rigged it up on a big giant spinnerbait. And he's like, I wonder if you could catch one on this. And I'm like, what is that called? And he goes, well, dude, that's called a spinner worm. It's the spinner worm. <laughs> so, so it's called the spinner worm. So we took Brandon out fishing and I made him fish with the spinner worm on film. And the first fish we caught that day was like a five pounder, which is a personal best. 
We ended up winning the challenge because of the spinner worm. That, that's a that's a little <laughs> uh, hidden gem right there. The old spinning. Think yeah. you're on to something. The I'm old sorry. spinner worm. It's the it, up some worms on these spinner baits. It's it's the Brandon signature series, is what it is. That's correct. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's coming out soon. No, no doubt about it. <laughs> Scott, you're always yeah, doing we're gonna something. Create, we're going to create a, a, a side link on our website for. Brandon's fishing lures. Yeah, we're going to have all kind of crazy things on there. <laughs> He's going to make a few bucks. There's, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. <laughs> Scott, you're always doing something. You're always busy. You have a very uh, you have a, a hectic schedule. I mean, you're um, you're a bass fishing rock star. Let's 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 just lay it out frankly. What is it? What is a do nothing day for Scott Martin? What is just a lazy day for you? Nothing. Just laying. What is it? What do you do? Well, it, it usually involves doing something with the kids, but if they're in school, a lot of times I have a lot of shows recorded. I'll watch weird things like Gold Rush and and uh, Deadliest Catch and all these crazy shows, and so I'll 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 uh, I'll binge watch some of those shows until the kids get out of school, and then it's either uh, it's either play a little basketball with the kids or uh, do a little fishing in the canal in front of the house or. Or uh, spending time with the wife, obviously, needed to do that as much as I can. So, like, that's what we're doing this weekend. We're up here in Sarasota doing a little bit of that. But, you know, I, I don't do much hunting. I, I like hunting, but I just uh, I kind of pick my poison. So I don't do a lot of hunting, and I don't do a lot of golf anymore. But I might I might pick up uh, disc golf. I think Brandon, Brandon's been kind of egging me on. That's my camera guy. A little frisbee really golf. Disc golf so. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's so fun. We, we might do some disc golf challenges here coming up soon. Yeah, that's all right. And then what you could actually do is, like, as someone's throwing the disc, then you flip a jig at it and try and hit the hit the disc to throw it off course. That's right. It's a whole new that's element. Right. Incorporate some skeet casting. <laughs> Are you a bass fishing fan? Are I mean, do you follow professional bass fishing? Oh yeah, I'm on all the websites, you know, checking the updates and seeing who's doing what. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, absolutely. You know, it's funny people ask me, do you ever get tired of fishing? And uh, you know, I'm on the road a lot. We fish most every day somewhere. And uh and so there's times that I think I'm getting tired of it, you know, for for just a short bit and then I'll I'll take a day off and the first thing I do is look up in the sky and look at the weather and go, "Man, I I bet I, I bet they're biting today, you know. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, def, I'm definitely ate up with it. It's uh, you know, it's 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 who I am. So that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fish uh, fish for the rest of my life. You you um you make quite a good living at, at, on the FLW tour. Um, if it came about, would you ever consider fishing the Elite Series? You know, I, I go back and forth in my mind and, and weigh and weigh the. Uh, and weigh the commitment, you know, it's not the opportunity for me, it's the commitment because, you know, a lot of, a lot of anglers out there, I've been very fortunate with the TV show and some of the things that we're doing that I don't approach bass fishing or any of these, any part of bass fishing is an opportunity to grow my brand, you know, because I feel like I've, we've done a good job on TV and we've got the social stuff going. So I'm content with, with where we're at. So I look at it as, you know, where's my time spent, you know? So for right now, you know, the FLW tour is, is first of all, a great organization. They've provided me a a wonderful opportunity to make a a tremendous living for my, for my family. And, and Bassmasters is doing great as well. I mean, you know, it's, there's nothing against uh, Bassmasters at all, but I do look at it as this aspect for me, because people ask me all the time, why don't you fish the elite tour? Well, if I fish the elite tour, that's, that's going to add about three more tournaments to my schedule. 
throughout the year, which three tournaments, when you break it down, each tournament is, you know, 10 or 12 days for time you practice and do the event and travel. That's about 12 days per event times three. That's another month that I'm gone from home, you know, strictly fishing tournaments. And that's a hard thing to do to add another month to my schedule right now with, with everything that we're focusing on with YouTube and, and the TV show and trying to keep all the sponsors happy and do all the things that I need to do for the fans. So, you know, for now it, it's a real, it's, I'm, I like where I'm at. It's a comfortable schedule. It's uh, I can kind of manage all aspects of what I'm doing from the FLW tour, you know, and if I got on the elite side, it, it might disrupt some aspect of some of the other things that I'm doing. And that, that bothers me or worries me a little bit. So, sure. so for now I'm focusing on the FLW tour and I just want to try to do the best I can at all the different things that we're doing. There's a yin and a yang. You got to keep the balance, Scott. You got to keep the balance. Yeah. Hey, um, how, how many years has the Scott Martin challenge been on? Well, we're coming in, uh, we're in season 13 now, which is, uh, wow. which is unbelievable. Do you have a tally? Do you have a tally, Scott? Like how many, how many W's and how many L's is there? How many wins for you on that? No, you know, I need to go back through and look at them all, but I, you know, it's, it's, uh, I make everybody sign a contract before I have them on to make sure that they let me win. <laughs> and then sometimes, sometimes people break, sometimes people break that contract and, you know, but, but anyways, no, it's, uh, it, I, I have a winning record. I'll say that, but, uh, I know you do. But it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun and it's real. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Every show we've shot 13 years of TV shows, every show that you've ever seen on TV is the actual day of fishing. We've never said, oh, the weather's bad today, let's film again tomorrow and act like it's today. Never done any of that. We've never gone and practiced for an event or for a show. We show up and we fish, you know. And, and so what, what you see on TV, what we catch on TV, what happens throughout the day is all exactly what happens in one day. And, uh, and that's the way we've shot every single one of our shows uh, over the years, which which I like that format. It saves a little time. You know, yeah. You know, there's other ways to shoot shows where you could go and spend two or three days in a location and wear the same clothes for two or three days and film it's it awesome. where it looks like it's all one day. We've never done that, and we're not going to do that. So I wear the same know, clothes for two or three days anyway, Scott. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and you could do that now that you're on spring break, too. It doesn't matter. That's right. You could do right. it. Scott, hey, we're right up against the clock, dude. I, I thank you again so much. We'd love to have you on again sometime, and we can Skype you in, you know? And, 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 sure. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll have yeah. some fun. We'll, we'll play some bass fishing game shows next time you come on. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get the Skype going mobily because I'm sure I'll be somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get the computer out and hotspot it somewhere and do some Skyping or do it from my phone or whatever. So awesome, right. man. That would be, uh, could be good. Growing up, Scott Martin, I learned a lot about you today, man. I, I'm glad about that. Well, cool, man. Cool. Hey. Cool. I appreciate you guys having me on. Enjoy your family and, and, and we appreciate that you came on, Scott. So, and best of luck. Knock them out at Cumberland, okay? All right, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Big smallmouth. I love that. Oh, it's so, coming at you. I'm it's coming at you. All right. Ladies and right, gentlemen. Guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great night. Take care. You, you too. too. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Martin, FLW legend. That's a dude live from spring break right there. Yeah. That happened right there. <laughs> hey, put the power poles down. Uh, when we get back, it's the moment I've been waiting for. My buddy, John Cox. Roman the shallows. He's coming right here on Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. See you.
Stanks Bait Company has been hand-pouring and injecting soft plastic baits since 2009. Each bait is hand-poured with you in mind, and each bait is injected with fish-catching juice. They've got over 20 baits to choose from. And Stanks Bait gives you unparalleled custom colors, and they'll match the hatch of your local lake forage. Plus, they feature soft plastic custom airbrushing, and now they offer their services to you and your soft baits. So pretty, you'll want to frame it. But don't, because the fish aren't going to see it on your wall, and they're not going to smell it until you get it in the water. You can find them online at stanksbaitco.com or at Tackle Warehouse, Fisherman Central, Sportsman's Direct, and DNR Sports. Stanks Baits. Get them. The swim jig technique is one of the most successful ways to put fish in the boat. Time in and time out, Bravani Bait swim jigs are just the right tool for the job. Beaming with quality, the Bravani swim jigs come in a myriad of colors, feature the best premium hooks and solid trailer keepers to give you, the serious bass angler, the confidence you need to accomplish your goal of putting more fish in the boat. So go to BravaniBaits.com and start climbing the ladder to swim jig success. Slayer Reel Tuning is Chicagoland's number one reel tuning expert. Whether you need your reel tuned up, souped up, or basic maintenance, Ben Botcher, the real slayer from SlayerReelTuning.com, has your reel needs covered. Ben is the official reel tuner of Stray Casts, and he can customize your reel to your exact specifications, like new ball bearings, drag washers, clean reels, and the latest and greatest handles. When it comes to reels, go to the best and contact Ben, the Reel Slayer, and get your reel tuned to perfection and back in no time. Go to the website, SlayerReelTuning.com. That's SlayerReelTuning.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Stray Cast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!